0: It's time for episode 81 of the Clockwise podcast from Relay FM, recorded Wednesday, April the 1st, 2015, in Ireland. Clockwise, four people, four technology topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise. I am your host, Jason Snell, and across the table from me here in Ireland is my guest host. Dan Morin. Hello. (laughs) Wait, wait. (laughs) What's happened? Dan, why did you get such an English accent? It seems strange on you. I've been in the the British Isles for too long, Jason. Wow. Wow. So anyway, this is not Dan Morin, obviously. It is just an imposter. I'm a mere imposter. An eerie facsimile. It's Mike Hurley. Hello, Jason.
1: Oh, a pleasure to be here, as always. It, yeah,
0: on a, on a podcast. You mm-hmm. do a few of those. I do like to be on podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. So you're filling in for Dan, mm-hmm. just, just as Dan uh, went all by himself last week. Uh, and we're here at the UL Conference in Killarney, Ireland. And we are going to do clockwise. You, sure? you ready? I am ready. All right. Well, to my left, one of our guests here in Ireland, we like to have him on clockwise whenever we travel uh, far and wide. It's Renee Ritchie from iMore. Hi, Renee. I feel like the clockwise travel companion. You are. You are. You're like our uh, little uh, the, the little clock you bring you bring with you with the battery in it that you don't bring anymore because we all have phones. Remember I just, those? I clocks? feel like I need a wind machine and a microphone. going, Jason, I'm
2: I'm on the shore. And yeah, I'm the
0: shore. that's right. That's right. Well, we did a whole clockwise in a parking lot at CES yeah. once, and you were there for that too. Good you times.
1: Just, we can't escape you. Good times. Mike, who's sitting to your left? Also from iMore. I had the lovely Georgia Dow on oh, now of Relay FM as well of the Isometric Podcast. That's right. That is true. That
3: is true. I, I'm sorry, I, there's not much voice left. No after all this ool fun. Yeah. So
1: we've been working hard. We're yeah. really We're really very hard. hard. Yes.
0: And now we have a podcast. The last podcast that, that you and I have to do here, Mike. Mm-hmm. Renee has to do another one. <laughs> 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 bom, bom, bom. All right, so this is how this works: we each bring a technology topic, and uh, then we discuss it a little bit, and then we're done. Um, I will go first because I introduced the show confusedly from Ireland. Uh, Steve Jobs biographies are many, and there was a new one that uh, that just came out, and I'm about halfway through it, and uh, it's pretty good. I've got some issues with it, but it's pretty good. Um, my question is: how many of these? Uh, how many of these do we really need and the larger point is what do are there any parts of Apple aspects of Apple or Apple's history or people involved with Apple that you think is a story you'd like to see because I I have to admit I'm getting a little bit of a Steve Jobs biography fatigue I'm feeling like you know I know how it ends I know all the story points and although there are often new details it is still the same man's life told over and over again there surely there are some new angles Renee, what do you think
2: yeah no I agree absolutely I think um Steve Jobs is just such an iconic figure and it happens in almost every industry and almost every endeavor of humankind that we pick exemplars and, you know, put them up on pedestals, kick them off the pedestal, put them back up, kick them <laughs> off again, uh, and write a few books about it. The things that fascinate me, I like this book better because I think it presented jobs. Uh, it didn't have as much of an agenda when presenting jobs. It kind of let me make up my own mind. But still, the things that would interest me are more how Apple created specific products. And those wouldn't necessarily be Steve Jobs' things because, of course, he was integ- integrally involved, but I would like to hear like, like the actual story of iPhone one day. And he would be peripheral to that, but there'd be like a lot of engineering stuff. I'd just like, how they make great products, I think, is the only story.
1: And I think it's the last way they'd ever want told, but it would be the one that interests me the most. So I wasn't a Mac user in the 90s. I came to the Mac in the early 2000s. So I've read the books, the many books, and all I know about Steve's time away is what Steve did when Steve was away. Like, I don't know the story of what happened at Apple during that period of time. Like, I know barely anything about Scully and Emilio because there's just no books about them. No, They're never included in a book. I'm trying to get Jason to write a book. <laughs> uh, so that's what I, I want to know what happened in that time period. So when Steve was gone, what was actually Apple doing? Because everyone just says they were running it into the ground. The it Newton long, chapter, the quick time chapter. Yeah, I don't know anything about this stuff. So I would like to know.
3: And I would like to know about more of the psychology about what makes Steve, Steve. I'd like to know about all of the parts of his life that have nothing to do with Apple. I'd want to know how he dealt with hardships. I would want to know about how he was as a dad, how he dealt with difficulties through his life. And that's the thing that I think makes Steve interesting.
0: Interesting. I, well, Mike stole my answer, which mm-hmm. we talked about on, on Upgrade this week, which is I, I'm wearying of the Steve Jobs biographies, but I think there are more stories to tell about Apple and that Apple's story arc in that, in that decade when Steve was gone is an uh, interesting one, and it, we too often compress it down into, uh, well, Steve left and they failed. It's like that was more than a decade in there, and a lot of that was not failure. And at the end, it was absolutely failure. So I I think I'd like to see that. These are good answers all for the next round of books. So check your local bookstore over the next decade for 10,000 more books about Apple and Steve Jobs. Renee, what's your topic? My topic is moving out of the Steve Jobs
2: era and into the Tim Cook era is how he um, he did a, an op-ed last year where he came out as gay, trying to show that he could be a role model because at his age, you know, th- there were no such role models. And he just did another op-ed now talking about some legislation in the US that's seeking to use religion as a way to potentially um discriminate against people whose beliefs or lifestyles or other you know race or religion or anything that you don't particularly agree with and it's uh, on the eve of a big product launch apples a huge company and he's taking the time because he believes that this is the right thing to do and he came out strongly against this legislation as did some other CEOs and prominent business people both from the angle that it is not it is not decent for human beings but also that it is just at the bottom line bad for business and I thought it, it really shows both who Tim Cook
1: is as a CEO but more importantly as a person so this is I said this a couple of weeks ago on Connected this is real cross promotion here today Jason yeah um, I think I like Tim Cook's Apple more than Steve Jobs' Apple because I, I feel more for his values and, and that I think that Tim is creating a company that is changing the world in more than products. Like he has really strong values and he does a lot for charity and he speaks out about things that like Job spoke out about Flash, right? And how bad Flash was and DRM. Right, like, Yeah and, and DRM. So it's all technology based. But Tim has done multiple things like this now where he is speaking for human rights and just people and how people should feel and trying to make a difference for people's lives. And he does that by taking advantage of his position to actually try and make a difference. Steve Jobs was just works Tim Cook as we believe. Yeah.
3: I I agree a lot with what you're saying Mike. I think that it is amazing that Tim will speak out about things uh, even if it might might in some ways harm yep. Apple especially after they're just releasing the watch and he's standing out on his own so he's doing this on his public per, sorry his personal accounts to be able to stand for something that he believes and try to actually make a difference. And I think that it's a wonderful thing for people to be able to believe something so strongly that they don't worry about any backlash, which he is dealing with, and to still be able to go on because people in power do influence people. And I think that it's changing the way that we see Apple and we're dealing with a lot of charities, a lot of human rights issues. And I think that it's a wonderful step for Apple also as a company.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I think think Cook... Um, getting out of his shell which Mm -hmm. was that that was that issue is like is this man going to be comfortable being a public figure and there's a there's a comfort level now that I think we're seeing and it's and I think that's good I also like the way he did this particular announcement which and his previous statements on these issues when he came out in the in the um, in what was that Bloomberg Business Mm Week Um, he he frames it, and Apple as a company frames it as part of what their core values are. And what it is not, it's not trying to be aggressively political. It's not – people who want to take sides against Apple for making these statements will do it. But Apple, Apple's language and Tim Cook's language tends to be very inclusionary. Mm-hmm. That w- What they didn't say was, we stand with – are gay brothers and sisters in Indiana who are being oppressed. What it says is we believe that everybody, sexual orientation, religion, everybody should be, be treated equally and fairly. And so it's a very broad statement, and I like that about it too, that it says, look, we, we're imagining a world where um, everybody gets to live freely and be treated as an equal. And, yeah, there's meaning behind that, but I like the way they phrased that too, and I think that comes from, I think that comes from Tim Cook's approach too. And it reads as personal. let doesn't read as Mark Holmes. Yeah, oh, de- definitely that that personal voice. I mean, we joke about how he identifies himself on every bit on every call. Is, hey, this is Tim. This, is Tim. this <laughs> is Tim. But um but the fact is that you know, it is his voice. It, and 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 um that that lends so much more weight to it than just a press release that says, you know, Apple Apple is open for business for everybody in the state of Indiana, which they totally could have done. Mm-hmm. And I
3: think that it makes Tim seem stronger when he stands, because he stands for his beliefs. And so now when I look at Apple as a company, I think this is a company that has beliefs and it makes him look like a stronger person as well.
0: Yeah, Steve. See, we're talking about Steve again. This could be a book yeah. about 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 Steve, too. Um Steve uh, wanted to hold actually a lot of that personally or, or yeah. and, not, and not let it out, or he felt like he didn't have time to worry about some of that stuff because he was so focused on the pragmatic sort of just running Apple and strategy and thoughts on Flash or, or thoughts on music or, is more about strategy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I got the sense that he either wasn't comfortable or just didn't want to deal with stuff like this. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's a way where Tim is different, and I think that's a good thing.
3: Yeah. Yeah, he sees things beyond Apple. Yeah.
0: All right. That's half time. We are halfway through. You've heard two yeah. topics. Two more topics are there. Our studio audience is cheering. <laughs> that it's halftime. Uh, and at halftime, uh, we're also cheering because we have a new sponsor on Clockwise this week. It's Dropbox. Great sponsor. Halftime of Clockwise brought to you by Dropbox for Business. Dropbox for Business lets your whole team sync and share files, just like the Dropbox that 300 million users love, but with all the space you need and administrative tools to manage and protect your company's information. You've got Pump. Uh, people working all over, people in satellite offices, home offices, on the road like all of us are this week. Everybody's using different apps, different phones, different computers. Dropbox for business lets them all work together from anywhere. So the Houston marketing team can collaborate on a presentation with sales in New York before sending it off to the client in LA. And it all happens in an instant. Everyone's on the same page, no matter what stuff they're using. And since all those files are in one place, your IT department can easily manage and secure your company's data with powerful administrative tools that are built right in to Dropbox Box for business. Plus, you can plug in to more than 300,000 different apps, including Microsoft Office, Salesforce, eDiscovery, and DLP solutions. So, get your free Dropbox for Business trial at Dropbox.com/business. And thank you to Dropbox for Business for sponsoring Clockwise. Mike
1: Hurley, halftime is over. What is your topic? We are in a hotel this week. Yep. Hotels have terrible Wi-Fi. Yep. What has been the hardest thing that you've had to miss this week because you cannot connect to the Wi Fi?
3: <laughs> okay, so the most difficult thing for me is that I feel disconnected from all of my online community. So I, and I feel bad, like I actually take a real personal approach to that. So when someone tweets out something about me or about one of the talks, I like to be able to respond and respond. Well, I respond in every tw- 12 hours, but when my 12 hours Twitter time comes, I want to actually be able to say thank you to people and I appreciate this and I haven't been able to. So even being able to take pictures and videos, I feel so sad that I then cannot share it almost like close to real time and I find that that's really stressful. I'm used to having Wi-Fi everywhere or my data. I have no data. I went over that in like a day. I was over my data limit and so I had to be shut off. So it's this strange feeling of being disconnected from my Connected world and the stress levels of that. Every time I see a great picture or there's something really funny that happened, like yesterday on the, on the Mike Show, which was absolutely brilliant. <laughs> I wanted to tweet out to the world, Mike and Renee getting choked out in your little tiny terry cloth robes. Wow.
0: Okay. <laughs> no, no, nobody who is not here knows. Any, I, I'm just trying to imagine what people are pick are, are picturing now. I'm, I'm not. Oh, this video there was is go- no
3: context. This video is
0: going to be on the internet later, and that's all we're going to say. And let the bidding begin.
3: I'm not even going to explain no, the context. I'm just going to. It's gonna best let- if you don't, Jason.
0: What do you miss? <laughs> uh, I, I, so I have a, I have an unlimited 3G data connection, and, um, and that's been great because the Wi-Fi hasn't worked. But the slow connections and the spotty connections, what I end up with is um, I can get, like, text on Twitter and I can get emails. But getting attachments, seeing pictures, people have links to funny videos that are on YouTube. No rich media. So I'm living – I feel like it's – I, I've got the internet, but I'm a little bit like down at the bottom of a well where I, I, only text comes down there. There are no, no pictures. All the richness that we've come to expect. It actually strikes me how the internet is so much um, more than it used to be. And, and all that media makes it so much richer. And then you you are unable to load any of it, yeah. and uh, and you feel poorer for it. So that's what I'm missing. My Links browser is just as good as it was last week. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> to be clear, n- now Renee, you're not wearing a, a, a terry cloth robe at no. the moment. <laughs> no, I,
2: so we um, we've talked about this previously on Zenitech, referencing both uh, connected and upgrade, and uh, wow, all the great <laughs> shows. Plug, plug, plug. No, so uh, it's really become almost uh, like our community in a great many ways is online especially if we work from home we work remotely we are the podcast and the people and the websites and the social networks that is our village you know we had this era where we actually lived in villages Then we all went to the city became disconnected and now we're connected again and when that goes away it's like walking out of your little hut and not seeing anybody and you sort of panic a little bit and it's it's sort of the confluence of many things like um i put in a a sim card when i got to ireland And because I usually use iMessage from my phone number, I had a new phone number. So people didn't know who I was. Messages they sent to my phone number didn't get to me. Uh, My Mac suddenly got unhooked from iMessage. And when I put my SIM card back in, I got an explosion of messages. And it's all these things that you just don't even think about anymore when you're at home and just talking to people. Jason sent me an email about this show, and it it just said this email has not been downloaded. And I I sneaker-netted over to him. To actually find out what the message, yeah,
0: said. <laughs> yeah, your your uh, your person reached me faster than your email would yeah. reach me, I, which I is a, pretty weird.
3: I got a strange like message. I didn't know who it was from. Is where are you? And
0: I went, <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh.
3: who is this? So I just didn't reply. It was Renee because you're using you. I guess inserted your SIM card and suddenly I, I see messages that I, are scary. So yeah, yeah so
1: I'm lost and alone in the dark. <laughs> <laughs> so well, thanks, Mike. I have felt all of these things but one thing that I found interesting for some reason I can only get an edge connection when I don't have Wi-Fi so it's reminding me that was what was on the original iPhone oh yeah and it's like I can't do anything there was nothing to do then though no (laughs) like just loading a web page and just watching it slowly coming to place it's uh, it reminds me how far we've come that's right so thank you hotel Wi-Fi for giving us some perspective we love you Georgia what do you have for us this week
3: so, today, we we're at Ul 2015, in Ireland, and I would like to know what every person's favorite memories and what you are going to take from Ul. Wow.
0: Uh, I have to say the people, which is its just such an easy answer, but it's true. The reason events like this work, the reason events like this Um, destinations where people want to come back. It's because of the the collection of people. And, uh, you know, fortunate to be a speaker for the second straight year uh, and having a lot of people I know already as speakers has really, you know, that always helps your comfort zone. But the actual group of attendees uh, are a fantastic group of people, some of whom I've seen before, some of whom I've never met before. They're Every single one of them has amazing stories to tell, and is, you know, you could spend, the shame of it is, you could spend an hour w- or more with each of them over a pint or over a cup of tea and talk and talk and talk. And there's not enough time for that because there are, you know, uh, several hundred people here. Uh, we try to stay up till 4 a.m. and talk to them all, but you can't talk to them all. It, it, so I, I, you know, the countryside is beautiful, the, the venue is beautiful, the, the speakers were great, but in my mind, it comes down to the people. All right. Since Jason stole all our answers, yep. I'm going to go. I, I in.
2: I, I also liked four thirds of the people that I met here. I thought, <laughs> they, I thought they were outstanding. I, I'm
3: one of the ones that you didn't. I hear that. And no, I hear
2: that. Uh, yeah, no. I, I think since you took the people again, yeah, the that people. I, I think I like the way that UL, uh is a multifaceted show because there were speakers in the traditional sense of a conference, but you and Guy English did um, the talk our, the talk to the UU show. The Ool show, the UL show the UL, yeah. UL, which is like a late night talk show for UU. It is. Um, they had the sessions. They had rooms. Uh, we did an IMOR I'm room. There was a uh, that network room. There yeah. was an emoji room, a time machine room. People could move around and try those different things. And there were a lot of there was there were kids with like Lego and robots. And there really was so many ways that you could actually approach and enjoy it. Well, and I think that's really important because people learn in different ways. People feel comfortable in different ways. They engage in different ways. And if you only have one method of entry, you're always going to have some people bounce off of it. But when you give them all these different like Georgia did an actual group session where people could come in and, and sit around the table and talk, which is really different than the talk she gave where she's standing on a stage going to an audience. And I think that just opens the conference up to way more people in way more enjoyable ways.
0: I should now specify two things. I'm going to, I'm going to footnote two things you said. One is the Time Machine Room is not a place you go to plug in a USB drive and back up your computer. No, it's a It's, a, it's a conceptual mm-hmm. exercise that takes le- takes your mind traveling through time, which was really mm-hmm. awesome. And the old the ol network... Which is a video thing that Dave Wisk has put together Where a bunch of videos are going to be posted And that will include one video that features uh, Mike trying to to strangle you While you're wearing bathrobes, And also the incomparable radio theater
1: Yes, and we did a live radio show too Which will be on on video at some point I'm surprised that we've gotten this far in the discussion Without anybody mentioning John Gruber On a telepresence robot Falling off the stage. Yeah. Like, <laughs> to be fair, to be fair, he, would,
0: he If he had been here, he would have fallen off the stage yeah.
1: too. Probably. That was an incredible moment. Uh, and then for the rest of the evening, the telepresence robot was walk, was rolling around the bar <laughs> with a whole cast of characters, including Merlin. Casey was there for a while. Yeah. I think Jim we had as yeah. well. Uh, so that was a, an incredible amount of fun having our remote robotic robot or not uh, yes. people.
0: Yes, I think I think perhaps the telepresence robot, although called a robot, is not a robot because it's mm-hmm. controlled by a person. <laughs> but that is <laughs> a discussion a for another, for another day. a discussion for another podcast, I think.
3: So my favorite thing, since most of the the best parts of the evening, I, I think that the the besides just the people, which are so everyone was so sweet and and caring and thoughtful, were the women of Wool were absolutely phenomenal. I mm-hmm. met some of the coolest women. Um, Sasha, who runs the show, is. An icon. She is just filled with energy and such. She has such a fabulous presence. Um, I met Tiffany Arnott, who is just super... Uh, she's just super amazing. You should just follow her because she's a fabulous person. Um, and then there's, like, Jesse Char and R Serenity, who I got to dance with, yes, last night. But my favorite moment out of all moments, the one that I'm going to keep with me, is actually the terry cloth moment <laughs> on the mic show where Renee demonstrated jiu-jitsu... Um, to Mike, and and Mike actually choked Renee out, and I the laughter of watching like the pleasure that the audience took in watching Renee almost get get choked choked to non-existence was impressive and hilarious at the same time I fell off of my chair I was in the audience, I fell off of my chair onto the floor, rolled around for a little bit, and and I loved the moment of joy that people took in watching you get...
2: um, And I'm happy Mike resurrected me after,
1: because it would have been a bad show Wise. Right. That's not. That's not that's, the way to start. A pilot. Don't
0: don't kill a guest. That's <laughs> <Yeah. in your, laughs> not, not
1: the first pilot, no. I would watch that show. There yeah. should
3: be a prime time
0: show of that. Gotta wait a few a few weeks before you start killing yeah. your guests that displease you. Right. All right. Well, that is four topics down. We will have a bonus question in a moment, but first,
1: uh, our bonus question has a sponsor, does it not, Mike? It most definitely does, Jason. Our friends over at Lynda.com are sponsoring the bonus question this week. They are the online learning platform with over three thousand on-demand video courses to help you strengthen all your business. Technology and creative skills. You can get yourself a free day free ten day trial over at lynda.com/slash clockwise. Lynda.com is for people that want to learn amazing things, for people that want to make stuff happen. Maybe you want to master excel. Maybe it's time to get your income tax into shape. Maybe you want to learn a little bit about typography or colour. This is the stuff lynda.com can teach you and help feed your curious mind. All of their thousands of courses on hundreds of topics are created by people who are super passionate about teaching. Their videos are really greatly produced. They have great transcripts that you can follow along. Maybe you want to skip to different points of the video, lynda.com allow you to do that. You can create and save your own playlists that you can share with people or watch on the go on your Android or iOS device. Your lynda.com membership gives you unlimited access for just one flat rate to all of these videos. Whether you're looking to become an industry expert, or you're just passionate about a hobby or want to learn something new, go to lynda.com slash clockwise and sign up for your 10-day trial. That's lynda.com slash clockwise. Thank you so much to Lynda for their support of this show and Relay FM. Thank you, Mike, for reading
0: reading our sponsor.
1: It's a pleasure. That was so nice. I have a vested interest.
0: Yeah, this is true. This is true. So uh, Here's the bonus question. It is. a uh, I'm going to keep it simple we're all traveling uh conferences like to take you out to dinner and and uh, people stand around and give you drinks and things like that what's the thing you ate or drank on this trip that you enjoyed the most renee wait i have absolutely no prep for this um
2: i that's why it's the bonus question i have absolutely no idea because the drinks nullified my memories of all the food I don't believe you. Did you drink something good? Uh, yeah, actually, I tried all the top, the top Irish whiskeys on the menu line one a night. Ah, that's, that's
0: why it. you don't remember anything. Yeah, there it was
2: Jameson Special Reserve. There was something else very rare, and they were all
1: good. <laughs> something else. Uh, the so, oh, the some, something else something, is something very booze. good. <laughs> something something booze. That's very good, Mike. I think my favorite must have been when we were in Dublin before coming over on the on the lovely all train. Uh, me and Jason found ourselves in a very uh, tiny Irish pub. And I had a Guinness pod by a real expert, and it tasted incredible. Yeah. Like chocolate.
0: Yeah, we were joined. We were joined by uh, James Thompson at who's one point. The who's today. in the audience today? Hi, James. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that was that. Ste- that steamy. When people say. Uh, Guinness tastes better in Ireland I think it's because of the atmosphere mm-hmm. and the the training of the barman and all of that that all just kind of like adds that extra psychological touch on top plus of Irish the beer magic. itself plus Irish magic is involved
3: I- I'm so upset like you stole my answer I'm sorry. I've I <laughs> I've never had Guinness before so I was excited to get to try it and it, it is a really strange experience because it, it looks really dark and, and frothy at the top, and then that experience of drinking it—it it almost tasted like smooth when it first went down. Mm-hmm. It was like smooth, and it almost tasted like it almost tasted like nothing as I like as I as I was swallowing it. It was like oh, just smooth, kind of creamy, and then later in like three four seconds, I get hit with this really strong aftertaste, mm. and. I'm still not sure if I actually like it or not. I only had a few cents, <laughs> and a, I left it after that. you got, it got a few that. more
0: years to figure that out.
3: Right, but it was definitely... Experiential.
0: Ah, oh, good. You value the experience of Guinness. It's like drinking milk, Guinness. We should give Guinness. a shout-out because I didn't know we were allowed to pick things off-conference. The Queen of
2: Tarts we went to when we first arrived, and that was fantastic. They have scones here like nobody's business. Ah.
3: And real hot chocolate that's made with actual Actual chocolates. chocolate. Very
0: nice. I, and I, I'm also going to pick in Dublin. Uh, we went to, Mike and I, uh, before we went to that Irish pub, we had dinner at a microbrewery called the Porter House. Which makes a uh, a bunch of micro brews of its own, including one called the Plain Porter. Porter is my favorite beer. The Plain Porter is a very good one, and uh, I I appreciate that. So some Irish beer that wasn't Guinness, dark Irish beer that wasn't Guinness, and was excellent. So Ireland. They also make uh, they have they have dark beer and hot hot black tea. It makes me very happy to be here. These are my people, and the view I mean, and my the view dad. is spectacular. Yeah. It's true. You can't see it on the podcast, but suffice it to say, we are floating on a raft in the middle of a lake surrounded by uh, towering mountains and a and there may even be a unicorn uh, and the she and the and the, the curse of the <laughs> the whale of the she in the background. Ooh.
3: I'm still searching for the pot of gold. I saw the rainbow, and now I, I just the pot. I know the pot of gold is close. I want the
0: sword. I don't the, want the pot. Of gold. The pot of gold is definitely around the bend here. Well, Renee, you are our international mascot. Thank you as
1: always for being here. It, it is an honor as always to be here, Jason. And Georgia Dow, it's a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much for joining us today.
3: I'm, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me again on Clockwise.
0: Mike, we've reached the end. How do you feel being a co-host on an episode of Clockwise? I love this show, Jason. Are you going to be like Philip Michaels and now just threaten to uh, to unseat Dan from yes, his job? I can try. All it. right, you can join. Join the list of people. He carefully
3: you, knows how to now do a rear naked choke in jujitsu. He's so, dangerous now.
0: Watch out more. Wow. Okay, <laughs> that is crazy. Uh, I I will say no more other than to say everybody out there, thanks for listening, and remember in the most non threatening way possible, watch what you say and keep. What? <laughs> <laughs> Every who watches <is> a watchman <laughs> Dan Dan I miss you come come back we'll see you next week
1: <laughs> what is it we keep watching the clock yeah <laughs>
3: <laughs>
1: you got to get a damn about the end, stay though.
3: In. <laughs>